This week, we discover what happens when the wacky co-host has to start the podcast without his sane sidekick. Stay tuned. Welcome to On The Upbeat. I'm Matt, and RJ Phoenix is not here. Oh, no. But we do have uh, Tony and Mike from the Eruptor. Oh, my gosh. I almost said the Eruptors. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The Abruptors. <laughs> like, <laughs> my brain. So many words in my head. I'm sorry. Um, welcome, Tony and Mike. How are you guys tonight? Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Uh, we, we, meaning me and RJ, we are definitely excited. Hopefully. So here's the thing. RJ's just running late with some work responsibilities. We're actually pretty hopeful that he will uh, be on very soon. So, but we did, uh, he gave us permission to start without him because he is a nice gentleman and uh, does not want to keep us all waiting. Um all right. So, how have you guys been this week? This week, pretty good. Productive. Practicing for hopefully what will be our first show in over a year. Yeah. How's how's how are practices going? Uh, they've been great. They've been super productive and just a lot of fun. <laughs> awesome. I want to ask you uh, both, and th- maybe this question is too personal. And, you know, it's a, a – did you guys listen to last week's episode by any chance? It's totally fine if you didn't. No? I did. Uh, okay. So you may know what's coming at the beginning of that episode, what we talked about. Um, we talked about bidets and using them, and I talked about having one in our home. And I, I'm just marveled at why more have, – have either one of you or both of you used a bidet ever – And why do you think that they are not more popular in America? Well, I actually have some insight into this, which is odd, considering I didn't listen. Um, (laughs) I actually – I've always wondered why us as Americans do not use them. I have friends in Japan who just sing their praises, and honestly, personally, I would love to own one. And then the strangest thing happened. My mom called me up and she said, well, what are you going to get your father for, you, for his birthday? And I said, well, I don't know yet. I haven't thought that far. She goes, well, I'm getting him a bidet. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, oh, it's great. It's just, you know, the water comes out of the thing. and squirts. I'm like, no, I, I know what a bidet is. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So recently I've just uh, witnessed a bidet. Now, I haven't used it because that's just weird. Um, just thinking of my father. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's it's a little bit weird to think of using the same one as your father. That yeah, which is weird because like you you know you've used the same bathroom as like billions of people, right? But right. then like water squirted on my dad's ass, then in mine is just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a little bit different, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I I don't get it. I don't get why they're not more popular. They're just they're just easier in a lot of ways. They're just. You know, I mean, obviously more environmentally safe or helpful, you know, um, you know, with less toilet paper. And I have actually had this conversation sitting on this couch here on a random like Thursday night where we were like, you know what? We're really gross as Americans because the rest of the world uses bidets. What's wrong with those people so that walk around after wiping ourselves Some with toilet dry paper? Ass toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I don't know. All I can say is Americans are weird and we just have problems with water being shot up our butt. And um, I think it needs to change. That's all I'm saying. So, all right. Well, enough of that craziness. So, let's get into some ska news. Yes, Ska News, where we bring you the latest information from around the Ska universe. And uh, we got some new songs released this week that we want to tell you about. All right, we have, um, first, We Are The Union dropped an awesome cover. 
this past Friday. Um, it's a cover of the song Rasputin, originally performed by uh, Bonnie M. And uh, I know this, my kid, like, when I heard the song, I, my kids have all loved it on Just Dance. I, like, it's a big Just Dance song for some reason. I don't ever remember hearing it. And I know it was like a, a 70s, 80s song. And I'm pretty familiar with, like, that era of music. But I guess it just, this song did not uh, uh, come across my, you know, music ears whatever but uh so we are the union did a cover of this song and uh let's take a listen to that song right now I gotta admit, I can't get enough of that. That song is just, like, unbelievably catchy. Uh, and I am a sucker for catchy music. So, I'm excited. Uh, I love everything. I don't know. I I love everything that We Are The Union has been putting out lately. Um, I feel like they need to just drop a whole new album. I don't know what's taken so long. Obviously, COVID is probably a big part of that. But, super excited um, for that. All right, next up, new release um, from the band uh, Rude City Riot. Uh, They also dropped it this past Friday, March 19th. Uh, They are a Canadian ska band. They announced uh, they will be releasing a new album on April 9th called Shady Shady Schemes and Molotov Dreams. Um, Like I said, they're from Canada. They're on Stomp Records. And uh, they also released a new song uh, to, you know, sort of announce that they're putting out a new album. Uh, it's called Molotov Dreams. Let's take a lick, a, a lickin'. <laughs> that's not a, <laughs> that's not how you say that. You don't lick songs. I mean, I suppose you could, but hmm. all right. Let's take a listen to Molotov Dreams from Rude City Riot. super excited for this album because I discovered this band earlier this year and their last record was 2011 and so, oh so I discovered them in 20 early 2020 um just just about a year ago and um when I looked them up when I found them I was like oh their last album was 2011 and they haven't really been that active since I think it was like 2015 on social media. So I just kind of assumed that they broke up, um, put out the put out the podcast talking about it, and then the the lead singer like reached out to us and said, "Oh, we actually are putting out new music soon, hopefully this year." And yeah, I'm super excited. Um, you know, all right. So last. We have, um, we don't usually play like ska reggae uh, stuff on this podcast, but I gotta admit, I really loved 
uh, this new song from uh, this artist by the name of Joe Sambo. Um, and uh, I like not only this new song, but his last album from 2019. Uh, so he dropped this new song uh, this past Friday, like so many uh, other artists did. And the song is called Beef. Let's check it out right now. It's on the stage with the missing is the beef from the groove in the bass like a big bad steak. Got sauce on the plate. Uh, baby, I can feel it. song definitely makes me want to dance uh, i'm excited uh for all the new music coming out but let's get to talking to this week's guest uh mike and tony um uh so what can you tell us about how each of you got into ska music what is your ska origin story so mine was back in like 1995 probably i was in sixth grade and I had always carried this just massive booklet of CDs with me and a discman. And uh, I had a friend at school who was, you know, the alternative kid in a big suburban school. I only had about one or two of them. And uh, he gave me Mighty Mighty Boston's question the answer. And he said, take it home and listen to it. And I said, well, what is it? And he goes, well, it's horns. And I said, well, let me stop you there. He said, horns is something my grandfather I said, I'm not taking this. <laughs> and so he just made me take it anyway. I took it. I left all of my CDs in my locker when I got back home and had that CD on me. And I had a whole bunch of chores I had to do. And I used to refuse to just do anything without music. So I popped that in my CD player, started mowing the lawn. And just the first, you know, kinder words was the first song on that. And it just blew my mind. <laughs> so I needed to know everything I could about what that was, where it came from, how many more CDs they had, and like, is there other bands like them? Tony, what about you? Um, I feel like my experience with Scott was more of the, like, the stereotypical one, where I, um, my first introduction was Real Big Fish, and I was in high school, and um, I think Cheer Up was the album that I remember playing over and over again. Um, and it wasn't really until college, I would say, that I started listening to more bands um my first show was a big d in the kids table show and being in the crowd and getting pushed around and stuff was tons of fun and something i had never experienced before and from there i just kept listening and uh, when i joined this band mike opened me up to the other side of ska which was more the traditional side of it like the slackers have that um deals gone bad things like that so um i would say i'm more of like a ska like I don't know, learning about it still. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my my uh, story there. So how did the Abrupters get their start? Well, uh, it basically formed um, from two ska bands that I was in. And um, I was in a band called the B-Side Bastards and a band called 737, named after the fan club the Boston's. And um, both were like, I'd say successful locally, but you know, you always have a few people in the band that are like just holding you back or they don't want to go anywhere and they're happy just partying. And I just, I just wanted something more. So I decided to kind of combine the people who wanted to do something from both bands and uh, do something that I always wanted to do, which was a more, I guess, less punk rock. So I don't want to call us traditional because we're not, but it's something more in that vein. Yeah. And that's how we started in 2015. Awesome. Yeah. So like, I'm glad you brought up that you don't, you know, uh, that maybe in some sense you're more traditional, but you're also not, you know, because like I, I personally 
have never really loved like traditional ska or two-tone ska. Um, just, I don't know, it always felt slow to me, but when RJ and I both, uh, I don't know if you caught this on social media, but for both of us, your, your, your album, um, mm-hmm. made the list of things we discovered in 2020, you know, from the past that we both loved and your guys' album, I just, you know, I loved cause it just had a more hyped up energy than a lot of other sort of traditional sounding. There was just a, just a more, I don't know, life, just, you know, a lot of more movement in, in the sound. And so I definitely, you know, see why you have a very traditional sound, but that it's not traditional. So yeah, I love that. Um, what were those early shows like? Cause I know for some bands, early shows can be a little bit of a, you know, uh, you know, a wonky transition, but what were the early shows like? They were, they were actually pretty good for numerous reasons. I mean, we had, uh, people kind of knew us for being, um, like I said, part of the, only, we were the only ska bands around. He said, Bastard 737. So when we put this together, they were, people were interested. So they wanted to see it and they knew that I was breaking up both of those bands to make this. So we were still the only ska band around. Um, <laughs> So they were, they were, you know, for a Buffalo Ska show, they were always pretty good, I have to say. And by then, we had already had our bad shows in our previous bands. <laughs> um, so how did you guys end up on Asian Men Records? Well, that's a funny story. Um, so Mike Park doesn't like to come, like he doesn't like to tour. And so I want to say 2014 he came through with Streetlight Manifesto just because they had asked him to. And Dan P was on the, the show and they're good friends. And so he decided to come through. And uh, I work with a company here that offered me a spot to just like, just come and see Streetlight. And I'm just personally not a huge Streetlight fan. So I said, no, mm. I said, thanks, but no, I'm good. <laughs> but then I found out Mike Park was coming and he has been like a childhood hero like he's the other reason I discovered ska besides the boss tones. I found less than Jake, which at the time was on Dill records, Asian man records. Right. And in that, like in the less than Jake CD case, I ended up finding the Asian man records, um, little catalog. So it just, you know, as a kid, I always grew up loving everything he did. And so I just was like, you idiot, go, go and meet him and say hi, you know? And so I, I called the guy up and I said, Hey, can I still get that spot? And he said, sure. Come on in. Well, I was just really flustered because there was Mike Park, a guy who I had just, I'd seen, you know, cause back in the nineties, you're not looking at people on the internet, you're looking at him through a catalog. And I had like his albums, but I'd never even thought I'd see him in person, let alone be right there in front of him. So I was awful. I was so, I don't know. I was terrible. I was just, I made like the worst impression I possibly could. <laughs> and uh, then a year later, Mike comes back to Buffalo because he's doing a wedding for somebody. Mm-hmm. And he posts on Facebook, do I know anybody in Buffalo? I texted him and I said, hey, Mike, I said, I don't know if you remember me, but I was that weird guy who came up here at that show last year. And he goes, oh, I remember. <laughs> so uh, I said, well, I just bought this Kinky's poster. Like, did you sign it for me? And he invited me out to his hotel. We hung out for a little bit. He asked me to go to the movies with him, but I couldn't. Oh. That's just the kind of guy Mike is. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't end up going, but he actually he convinced me to throw a show for Dan P in my house. And I didn't want to. <laughs> I love Dan P. I really do. But I didn't want people in my house. <laughs> but I ended up doing it anyway. Because you know, Mike Park asked you to do him a favor and you're like, oh hell, sure. I'm gonna do it. Sure. sure. So I ended up sending Mike a bunch of demos that like these side bastards were doing 737 were doing and he's like hey those are nice thanks never heard from him again and i started the abruptors and we did an, a demo and i was just like wow i'm gonna give it one more shot i sent him another demo and he just responds back hey this is good he's like let's do a seven inch and i think my response was literally holy shit are you fucking serious <laughs> <laughs> which again probably <laughs> wasn't the uh classiest uh, response but hey. um that's how it's. That's how it all started, and ever since then, he's been super cool with just supporting us and putting on our music. That's awesome. Um, now, I didn't put this next question on your the notes that I sent you for the podcast, and I'm famous for doing this, but I don't think it, this question is like 
crazy. But uh, let can you tell us like who's in the band and who does what? What's the sure. roster look like now? Uh, I play lead vocals and guitar. We have Alex Schultz on drums, Tony Barafato on bass. I do keys, vocal, vocals, and saxophone. Awesome. And then we also have PJ Izzo who does. Um, Trombone. She does bell trombone, and then she's also been doing trumpet on our latest recordings. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Earlier this year, you dropped a single called Who, What, Where. What can you tell us about this track? Yeah, so that um, song, I, I wrote the lyrics to one morning. I was in a mood. I woke up, and I just went downstairs, and I literally wrote that song, and then also another song that's going to be on our uh, coming album, and basically, they were just all about how I was feeling at that time. It was just, you know, you're going through something in life where you have a voice in the back of your head telling you this isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, but you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're just trying to do the right things. Um, so I wrote those lyrics to both of those songs and I shot them off to Mike in a note or something. Um, and I said, what are we going to do with this? Um, and, you know, he sat on it for a while and... I think one night we were watching um, 90 Day Fiance and he came over with his guitar and we ended up writing all of the music for Who, What, Where. Um, So it was kind of a a neat process um, and I was really excited to get it recorded and out there for everybody to hear. We were supposed to record it like the week that the entire universe shut down due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were going to drive out to Michigan to record it and everything got shut down. Um, and so when we had the opportunity to record this, um, and Rick Johnson still mixed it for us and mastered it for us, we were like, yes, let's do it. And let's just put it out there for everybody. Awesome. We're going to take a second and we're going to check out the song right now. Who, what, where by the abruptors. Let's check it out.
Yay! Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I really love the back and forth male-female vocal that goes on there. Um, love it a lot. Thank you. So I got some good news. RJ's ready to come on. Yay! Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's bring on RJ. Okay, let's see. I've never done this like live while we're recording, so let's see how this works out. Oh, I hear him. Ah. Hello. Hello. Yay. RJ's here. Here he is. Hey. It's about time. RJ, tell the listeners why you're late. I am late. Uh, Welcome, everybody. I'm late because uh, one of my my other kitty cat that I've had for a long time, Ramona, is sick, and I have to give her a shot now. And so we're still working out the logistics of feeding her, getting her her shot. And also, my job went, my day job went late today. So all that combined, I was like, you know, I'm going to be a little late to the episode. I don't want to hold up the abrupters, so let's have them start talking to Matt and play some songs and have a good time, and I'll jump in when I can. Yeah, the show already went off the rail when I called them the wrong name, so, you know. <laughs> How? Matt, you know. <laughs> We're changing our name to the Eruptors, apparently. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad name. <laughs> well, it's. I think it's too similar to the Interrupters, right? <laughs> you don't yeah. want to confuse too many people. You know, I am horrible with names sometimes. Every ska band name that starts with a U, I almost, I conflate. The upsetters, the, yeah, all of them. I'm just like, the uptones. I it just, I, something about that name. Abruptors, that is different. I love it. And I, as soon as I found out about you guys, I think uh, right when you did that 7-inch with uh, Asian Man, um, mm-hmm. I immediately went and uh, picked up what you had on Bandcamp, and then I've been a fan ever since. So I I, I still kick myself because I didn't jump on it right away, and I don't have that 7-inch because it sold out so fast. You know what's funny is we actually just found a copy. Did we auction it away yet? No, we didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, RJ, maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a contest We'll, yeah. we'll fix the contest. Yeah. <laughs> I'll enter the contest. Uh, let's see what's yes. you, you heard it here first. RJ's going to win and it's fixed. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now RJ can't win, unfortunately. Sorry. Yeah, now I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, so, Mike and Tony, uh, the next thing I wanted to know is like, what's the writing process in the band? I know, Tony, you just kind of explained at least how this uh, song came together but overall what has been the writing process for the band you know because i know every band sort of has their their ins and outs of what they do and don't do so what's it like writing for you guys well it's kind of interesting actually because we've been a band for six years now originally that you know that first album was actually like a story um it was basically all about my divorce Mm. It's called Love and Other Disasters. Um, so basically, like, 13 songs, all of them were written by me. And one of them was written by Tony. But that's because I had been writing a lot of those for years. And um, when I, that story in my life was over, um, I started seeing like, just what a great writer that Tony was. And I kept asking her to bring me words and words and some poking and prodding and some hitting and pushing and <laughs> she finally gave in and we started a whole new chapter in the band where it's been equally uh, me and her and we bounce ideas off each other like crazy. So now a lot of our new songs for the new album are like, it could be 80% her and 20% me. It could be 50-50. It's awesome. It's open up a whole new world for us. But it's just the two of us who write words and then we bring the um, a simple melody that we might bring our piece and uh, we bring it to the uh, abandoned they work their magic there awesome what have you guys done to you know kind of keep those creative juices flowing during covid um pretty much we just kept on writing we had a lot of inspiration you know from boredom to anger to just anything <laughs> a lot of anger a lot of anger <laughs> um but you know we were bouncing song ideas out of each other and we just kept playing and uh we actually we're demoing this whole pretty much all of the pandemic we're demoing the second album 
our drummer built an awesome studio in his basement. And um, we just kind of decided, like, let's do it the right way and demo the songs, send them off to Mike Park and Rick Johnson, see what they think. And we did finally just get the approval for the second album. So awesome. we're going to start recording that awesome. in the summer, hopefully. Awesome. So when so recording this summer might when we might I can't talk right now. I don't know where my brain is. When I might, think I know. You, I think I know what you want to ask. When Matt, might we when would hear we that see this record release if you're recording it this summer? What's the earliest? I don't promise any sort yeah. of date or time because that all depends. Like I can tell you what my goal would be, but it yeah. all depends on like what Mike Park is doing as far as sure. like. And it's really yeah, funny because like when you work with Mike and you work with Rick, Rick is like got all the time in the world worry about what Mike says and then Mike's like come on October it's gonna come out this day make sure Rick is like put it really fast back over there I don't worry about him <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah so um what can you tell us about the uh New York Buffalo ska scene you're looking at it <laughs> oh, I, was, no. I was kind of wondering <laughs> I mean there's there is I would say maybe like two other ska punk bands, but I don't know how it is anywhere else. But in Buffalo, New York, ska has never been able to really stay for very long. In the 90s, you might have had a few bands that were around for a couple of years that got popular just because of how big ska was in the 90s. But since then, I used to get laughed at. I would start like I'd go on Craigslist and say, hey, I want to start a ska band. They'd be like, hey, my friend 1998 called Jerk. <laughs> so that's kind of how ska's been look um, I, I would like to apologize it. now for that because i'm pretty sure that was me even though <laughs> even though i was super into ska look anyone who knows me tells you i troll my own people all the time it's it's 90 percent. i mean there was a chance okay not really but there was a chance that this podcast would have been called ska sucks and like <laughs> Though RJ has said he would never come on and be on yeah, that I podcast, that <laughs> but that was a thing going around before, and everyone who I said that to was like, "No." But uh, so, be, so I had to weigh my options. Like, do I want to do this by myself? And by the way, the, the beginning of this episode is clear why I should not do this by myself. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and um, and or do I want to have a co-host who sort of helps push it forward? And I chose the latter. Um, and then he ended up with me in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I know uh, Buffalo used to have uh, Do It With Malice. I knew a couple of yeah, those. Oh, Do It With yeah. Malice, they were around. But then again, yeah. like when it was Do It With Malice, it was like an ever-changing uh, lineup of other bands. So like they yeah. were the mainstay. And then there was like a band here for a week and then a band here for a month. And that's what it was. So you, if you go by eras, like the 90s had the concession in Buffalo. We had Dinkus Nine which almost actually got signed to a record label. Something oh, happened. Wow. I don't know what happened there. Um, then we had, like, Do It With Malice, and they folded. Then we had B-Side Bastards, Lightning Killed My Parents. Oh, um, I that Lightning Killed My Parents. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have the CD over on my shelf. I did the Kickstarter for that, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you did it. Really I swear funny. to God. I don't think I did the digital. I'm pretty sure I have the CD. Keep talking. I'm going to go yeah, grab really it so funny. I can show it off. So, so what happened was, is I took my two bands. I was telling Matt earlier, um, I took my two bands, 737 Beside Bastards. We took two members of Lightning Kill My Parents, and that's what the abruptors are. It's just like one big melting pot of the last <laughs> scabbies. Lightning Kill... I sure hope Lightning didn't kill someone's parents for that title. Did Is that... No, no. And you know what's weird is, like, I've had people, I had a sticker on the back of my car, and I had a guy stop me in a parking lot once, and he's like, is that real for you? And I'm like, no. Like, why would I put that on my car if it was? I don't understand. I, I would put it on my car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm weird. So, but no, I, yeah, I definitely get it. RJ, do you, do you have, oh, oh that's funny as hell. That is really wow. funny. RJ, hold yep. that up again. I want to take a picture. Do you even have that? I don't have a copy of that. Oh no, so you that, have something I don't have. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I was, I was having a kick where I, I think I had started 23 minutes of Scott and I just wanted to really, you know, support the newer Scott bands that are coming through. And I, I did a Kickstarter 
for Scott and I was always also looking for other bands. Like I did the Grandpa's Casino uh, thing, which Do It With Malice did a record for. Um, that's how I got to know those guys. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would find a ska band and if uh, the video seemed like they were going to be good <laughs> because there was no band camp, I was like, I'll throw a couple dollars behind that. Let's see what happens. And yeah. yeah it's so were, cool. That was unexpected. That's awesome. Yeah, Do It was cool. They actually had a reunion show right before COVID and they were talking about playing again. We were like, oh, yeah. some shows. And then I haven't heard from them since. So <laughs> yeah, I know Chris, like I probably just like, no, dude, but you know, yeah, two prong. I'll also bother Chris. You bother Chris, I'll bother Chris. He's yeah. it from both sides of the country. He'll have yeah. to do something. They were they were always super talented. Like, and the cool thing about them was they were definitely in the heavier. Um, yeah. like they had that like almost like Scott core, you know, attitude. Like, as many bands have said, we want to do ska metal. Um, I think do it with malice is the only yeah. band that ever got it right. Yep. <laughs> Yep, they were really good. But, you know, I guess just like most ska bands, people start like, moving places and just everything falls apart. But Chris is still active in the scene musically. He's not really with ska much anymore. Awesome. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, you're working on a second album due sometime in the future. <laughs> what, <laughs> what else? Is there anything maybe more immediate that might come out uh, from you guys? Absolutely. Uh as of this airing, which will be this Wednesday, we will have a revised version. Now, you were talking about the 7-inch. Yeah. Um, on the 7-inch, there was a song called Someday. And I was just never, ever happy with the way that came out. So at the time, we had different horn players. And I had to remove them. They're not on the 7-inch, even though oh, their names wow. are. So I had to hire Western Standard Time Scott Orchestra. Oh, wow. And that's who played on Seven Inch. And while I love what they did, I absolutely like adore Epan. It's an awesome dude. He was like super helpful. I always felt kind of bad because I'm like, there's three abruptors with the Western Standard and Sky Orchestra. And I was just like, I love this song. And it's actually probably our most popular song. And I just wanted a version that I could be happy and proud of. And I also recorded vocals in like a really big open room that I was super against doing. And so I just wanted to just wanted to have a copy, a version that I was proud of. So this is 100% Abruptors this time. Nice. <laughs> so new song this Wednesday, the 24th. So uh, it's out right now. Finish listening to this episode <laughs> and go listen to it. Or I guess you can pause this and go listen to it, you know, you know, whatever. Whatever. Um, Just go get it. Just go get it. Go listen to it. Everywhere. Um, And, uh, yeah, make sure you um, check out their first album because it is really great. That's the album for me, at least, that uh, their first full length that I fell in love. And it uh, was is pretty awesome. Like I was saying earlier, like they don't technically like everyone knows, like I'm a ska punk fan. That's the the thing that pulled me into ska so that's 10 that tends to be where i lean but i definitely do love the the... i'm slowly poisoning you (laughs) (laughs) you will like every type of ska (laughs) now it's too slow but i I just feel like you guys have you know even when you're slow you're not slow and there's just a bouncy excitement going on so i think we had to learn our lesson though with that like in in the beginning you'll actually there are some really rare t-shirts out there that say the abductors trad ska because we we did try that for a little bit mm. we were going to be like 100 percent traditional and then like we play shows and you'd find people like just staring off into space and bored and because it was just <laughs> too slow for them or it just wasn't their thing and also it's very limiting if you're just sticking with that so we thought like we love ska what we won't do is we won't put distortion in that song yeah um but we definitely um, opened ourselves up to more of a wide range of ska. And on the new album, we even have something that's, I'd say, close to ska punk. Ooh, Just one wow. song. But, you know, it was like, it was an angry song. So we were like, well, it's got to be a bit fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for a new album. Uh, hopefully we'll get that in the near future. Maybe before 2021 ends, maybe. <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, I'm hoping. 
Um, so, um, so every week we have a group discussion question. So we wanted to, you know, we rack our brains cause you know, we don't want to have the same discussions that, uh, we, you know, people constantly have on like, on, you know, Facebook groups of like, is Streetlight a ska band or whatever, <laughs> you know, or I don't know how great mozzarella sticks are. Um, I mean, they're, they are pretty great, but that this besides the point, like, why is that a ska <laughs> thing? I'm not yeah, I don't sure. understand that. <laughs> um, but so this came as a suggestion from someone, and I meant to write down their name, but I totally forgot. I'll probably find it while we're talking because it'll be really easy to find. Um, so the suggestion was what bands, if any, changed your mind about their music once you saw them live? So you didn't think much of them before, you weren't really into them, but you saw them live, and that sort of opened up the floodgates and you're you're on board rj i feel like you definitely have some bands in this category what uh, what say you i have several um i'm just gonna go with the most recent one and it's a band i've i've played recently on the show i've talked about uh, but it's hans gruber and the diehards oh, that was mine uh, you of son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> like you have so many i had one Actually, right. that's All actually right. not well, true. I actually do have a couple others, but yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. That, that's the first one that comes to mind because they, because one time when I was looking for songs for 23 Minutes of Sky, you know, I know I miss a lot of stuff and I, I put out on the page like, hey, if you got a band, let me know about your band so I can check them out for inclusion on the show. Who would you like to hear? And one of the members like, play our band, Hans Gruber and the Diehards. And they'd only put out, I think, their first album at that time. So I went and I listened to it. And I'm like, uh not really and uh and then their second album came out and they let me know and i went and listened to that i was like okay there's there's a couple songs that i i think are good and i i put one of them on right away uh and then i think i held another song back because halloween was coming and it was talking about zombies i was like all right cool 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 um and then like but i only bought like those two songs off their band camp like a jerk i didn't even buy the whole album because <laughs> i'm fucking cheap and then i went and saw them uh up in uh central coast california on the the 30th anniversary of uh scott parade and just like two songs in i'm like oh my god i love these these guys i love this band oh oh uh, as soon as i got home i bought the first album I bought all the rest of the tracks off the second album. Absolutely loved it. I pre-ordered their seven inch. I just got in the mail the other day. Just like seeing them live, like cracked open whatever I'd been missing on the recorded versions. Um, and, and just just so it, I'm not, it's not the only band I'm talking about. Uh, I would actually say it's odd that you brought them up, but Westbound Train. The first time I saw them, it was completely uh, just. Just I, I I whatever I'd missed on like comps tracks I'd heard before, I was like, Whoa, oh my gosh, no, these guys are fantastic and I got really into them, still love them to this day. And uh whatever Obi does, I'm always gonna listen to it. But yeah, I think those are two. That one from just this last last winter and the other one was uh, about two thousand six. Yeah. Westbound Trend and Hans Gruber and the Diehards. Those are my two. Awesome. Thanks for showing up late and stealing my uh, idea. <laughs> you jerk. <Sorry> <laughs> um, Tony, uh, do you have any bands that really sort of like you weren't super into, but then you saw them live? Yeah. So I wouldn't say that like I wasn't super into it because I thought it was bad, but it just wasn't something that I was putting on and listening to, you know, regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one, a couple summers ago, two summers, two su oh my God, two summers ago. Um, we were hanging out and we saw a show pop up for Hepcat and Deals Gone Bad. And Mike's like, let's take a weekend trip. So we got in the car and drove to Chicago for the weekend to see Hepcat and Deals Gone Bad because that just sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but when I watched that show, you, you just gain a whole new appreciation for their music and who they are as performers. Um, and there's just something awesome about seeing a, like a band live and you get that emotional connection to what they're doing and a whole new appreciation for what they're doing. And I would say... You know, I came back from that trip. We listened to him the whole way back from Chicago. Um, and I I just, I don't know, fell in love with him in a whole new way um, after seeing them live. Yeah. So I, I would say, and I, I honestly was going to talk about uh, Hans Gruber and the Diehards. And, uh, so, like, for me, it was literally the same thing it was with RJ. 
I checked them out, you know, because they had a cool name. Because like, I love Die Hard, <laughs> so like, it's a, and it's you know one of the greatest ska names of a band. Um, and so I'm like, let's check it out. And I was like, eh, you know, it just, it, I don't know. It was too all over the place for me, but then I saw them live, literally not the same show, but the same tour that you did. I think it was like <laughs> two days later. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I saw them and I'm like, this is crazy. Like <laughs> just crazy. So like they're a great live, uh, band and I, it sort of, yeah, it brought me into their music. Like you were saying, like, yeah. there's just something about seeing them live that you're like, okay, now I get it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> now I get it. Right. Uh, you know, the other band, um, and this was less like, I wasn't like interested in them, but they, they definitely drew, drew me in more. Um, when I saw, um, Codename Rocky live. Um, I wasn't super into them when I would listen to them like on CD, but seeing them live, that really drew me in. Um, and so, yeah, you know, those two bands. Oh, and Joker's Republic. Uh, I, when I listened to, uh, their, their album, I was kind of, I was kind of the same, like, eh, I don't know. Other things were getting my attention, but then I saw them live <laughs> the same tour and I yeah. just like, they're, they're just a great live band. So yeah, it just pulls you in. So yeah, Mike. What about you? I had these bands that I like wasn't into before I saw them. I think bands maybe that I enjoyed more once I saw them. But sure. Yeah. So the one band that I had never heard of, um, which is actually was was deals on bad, and I was going to see um, Mustard Plug. That's what I wanted to see, and they happened to be on this show, and the guy got up, he had a plaid shirt little curly mustache and i'm like oh man what is this fresh hell i just thought it was gonna be some like indie stuff i had no clue who they were and the minute he opened his mouth like my jaw dropped before i was like holy crap i didn't even think i had money on me that night and i asked my friend if i could borrow money to buy their cd it was like nice. i was in love and this is of course the deal gone bad with um todd hembrook because there's actually a deal's gone bad before that which is also yeah, good yeah. but never saw them live but uh holy crap that just cemented me as a fan for life awesome awesome yeah i'll say i like the todd hembrook years a little bit better um and and not because somebody else i know around that time joined the band that same time he did uh Mm -hmm. actually went down to school in my small hometown uh anthony albinati okay yeah he's great um but yeah something about when they got Hembrook, I was just like, okay, this is, this is the band, band, man. (laughs) You know, what's really funny too, is like, I really like the Crombies and that's where Mike, who was the original singer of deals gone bad. I love the Crombies, but it's almost like, like you just stay in the Crombies, but deals gone bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's that's how I like it. I don't know. (laughs) It's funny. Uh, next week we'll talk about uh, bands that you loved on CD but hated when you saw live. <laughs> I'm like, oh I, yeah, no, I don't like to be negative on the show though, man. <laughs> I know it's yeah, I I don't either. It's been one of the hardest things about doing a, a podcast, you know, because uh, people have even suggested like, why don't you guys do CD reviews as part of your thing? And I'm like, because I don't want to say I don't like something. <laughs> Like, I'm fine saying that, like, you know, maybe something didn't catch me at first, but then it got me. Like, that's fine because you eventually got it. But I I definitely wouldn't want to say the opposite either. I'm just really bad at describing how and why I like things. So if I liked an album, all the reviews would be like, this song is great. This song is super (laughs) sweet and I love it. Like, and so it would just be boring after a while. Yeah. Yeah. RJ likes another Sky album. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's true. We don't, we don't need, people don't need to hear us talk. Um, They just assume that we like all the people we bring on. That's, that's our review. (laughs) Oh, no, absolutely. I would tell Matt not to turn them down if I didn't like them. Yeah. And make him do the show alone. Uh, yeah, there's very few people we've turned down. I actually, I, 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 think, I don't think anyone's been turned down since I've been around. Mm, I don't think so. No, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I've right. turned. Tell me after. Tell I've, me after. I've turned down person. Oh yeah. Oh, it didn't even make it past the Matt barrier to even talk <laughs> yeah. with me. I. All right, cool, cool, cool. It just was like, <laughs> eh. <laughs> um, 
like, and what I mean by turned down, I mean, like, I said no. <laughs> Some, oh, wow. Sometimes, like, I've, I feel bad. By the way, if you're listening uh, and you're in a band, still just reach out because we, <laughs> here's the thing, here's the thing. We don't have high, let me put it to you this way. The only criteria we have is that you're a ska act and you're a ska band and you play majority ska music. That's it. Like that's the that's the catch. Oh, so you turn down Streetlight. I get it. Okay, cool. Yes, <laughs> yes. They were like, get us on that on the upbeat podcast. We want it, even though we have said in public we are not a ska band. <laughs> uh, anywho, all right. We thank both of you for hanging out with us. Yeah, um, thank you so much. But before we go, we do have ska picks of the week. Um, Tony, tell us about your ska pick. Yeah, so my topic is Unusual by Dan P. and the Bricks. Um, I really enjoy this song. Just I feel like it's super catchy. The lyrics are really great. Tells a really great story. Um, and I'm a lot like RJ where I'm bad at explaining why I like things. So I'm just going to say <laughs> it's really cool and you should go listen to it. All right. Let's take a listen to it right now. to it that's what I, I absolutely love dan p which is no shock to our regular listeners i've talked about <laughs> him so much but like songs like that where he gets shannon to come in and sing with them i think those are always going to be my favorites so good pick tony mike can you beat that pick <laughs> no <laughs> uh, i used to have his phone number when he lived in st louis <laughs> I still have his phone number. Mike, do you want to co-host a podcast about Scott music? <laughs> Just kidding. Was this winner take all? I was. Uh, Mike, tell us about your Scott pick. All right. So mine is actually not from a Scott band, but that's, why I chose them. I love bands who play with one spot a song on their albums. I just think it's so cool and it always leads me to like think, why did you do that? Um, and then like, do you really like Scott? You're just covering it up with this other crap on the album. Um, but anyway, they're called Dogs Die in Hot Cars and it's called I Love You Because I Have To. <laughs> RJ apparently is super excited. I wish the audience could have seen that. <laughs> that whole band, though, that whole album is amazing, despite not being ska, but it's, yeah. it's so, great. Oh, so great. Paul Newman's eyes. Jesus. That's I love great. that song so much. <laughs> so good. Should we be listening to that one? All right. So here we go. Here is Dogs Dying Hot Cars, and that's a true sad statement. Um, and <laughs> the song is called I Love You Because I Have To. Wow, really romantic here. All right, let's check it out. Here we go. I couldn't change but too much of friend and style and some rounds and I'm done.
That's a pretty catchy song. <laughs> They're so good. I, I don't remember how I first heard of them, um, but then I picked up that album, and mm-hmm. I, too, was shocked there was a ska song on it. And I really, they reminded me of XTC in a lot of ways. So I really just, I twigged onto them hard. I think I have their second album because they put it out in like a weird way. They're yeah, just like, pop, pop nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, like, here's some um, yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just found them because of a ska site. They were doing um, ska songs by non ska bands over the day. And I just clicked on that song and I was like, holy shit. And I went and bought the album and listened to it for a good year. And one time, me and my partner, we were. Uh, we were driving to a show with our other band. And he's like, I don't know, man, you want to put on some tunes? And I'm like, yeah, let me uh, throw this band on for you. And he just fell in love. And he's like, why the hell didn't you tell me about this? And I said, well, I got to keep you around somehow. So like every year I give you some good music, you know, please stay around. <laughs> but yeah, he, he fell in love with it. And there's like some singles by that band. If you go on their like SoundCloud, you can find that are just incredible. And you're like, why did you go away? Well, I so want to track those down. Thank you, yeah. Mike. <laughs> Um, so my ska pick is from a band, uh, I'm not sure a lot of people have heard of, uh, they're called Goldfinger. (laughs) Um, uh, John Feldman, Feely, something, I don't know, feels, uh, he feels things, I don't know. John Feldman. (laughs) Feldman. Feldman. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Goldfinger put out a, an album at the end of the last year. And, uh, you know, I this song that I'm about to play, like, it just, it's super catchy to me. And I, it's like, it's simplistic in its, you know, uh, structure, but it's just unbelievably catchy. And I can't get enough of it. I've been listening to it a lot this week. And uh, it definitely describes how I feel about the beginning of this podcast. And this song is called Dumb. Everybody else is dumb except you. definitely know what it is that i like i like the the underlined um you know uh sax in it like i just love that and uh you know hopefully goldfinger will catch on maybe they'll get some shows uh maybe they'll get some attention (laughs) i'm kind of surprised they went back to the way they used to be in a way you know i'm not yeah actually (laughs) (laughs) given the the climate of the overall scene i i don't know i i actually so here's the thing about that like i i was super into goldfinger you know right when they were out uh the first two albums great third one great even though the you know uh stomping ground didn't really have any ska on it mm-hmm. and then i, I kind of i listened to the one after that i can't think of the name off the top of my Disconnection head connection notice yes and then after that, like, they fell off my my overall radar because they kind of, like, they did veer away from Ska a lot. Um, mm. But then I was listening more recently. I checked out some of their sort of, like, older, newer stuff. I don't know how you put it. But, like, the albums I stopped listening to, and they actually did yeah. have some Ska on them. So yeah. I, I was a little, I was like... Oh, so we're dumb for not listening, like to giving up on a band because I do like the the punk aspect of the band. It's not mm-hmm. like it was terrible, uh, but yes, I I definitely love 
the the knife the 2017 album that that album is great and the, the you know this one that we i just played a song off of is good too it's, but the knife was like so so good um yeah, it, it, really it, it was hard to follow it was honestly hard to follow uh that album to be completely honest with you but i i still think never look back is a pretty fun album to listen to all right rj why don't you tell us about your scott pick it's a little bit of an older pick, but it's a song that I've been singing to my new kitten, Dr. Dinks, an awful lot around the kitchen for whatever reason. It popped in my head, and I keep singing it. It's a uh, Hepcat, uh, I Can't Wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's check it out. Go on and treat me like a jerk. Well, when he comes. that song to him and i've been singing a modified version of dr dick when i, when I say <laughs> dr dinks um, <laughs> uh, but that's yeah yeah that song has just been one that's been stuck stuck in my head and i really enjoy it and i thought why not share it with uh, our listeners this week have you seen the youtube um or not the youtube video but when they were on conan o'brien it's on youtube I saw it when it was on Conan. I put, okay, there, there you <laughs> go. I'm an old man. <laughs> I'm probably up there with you. But... Yeah. Uh, I, uh... yeah. And then I, I actually got to see them on tour, I think as, geez, uh, it was with Mustard Plug and the Stretch Band. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was right after, it was right around the time that uh, Scientific came out. Mm. Um, that's when I saw them. Yeah, no, it was it was a fun show. Uh, eventually, I talked to the keyboard player once, and he's like, "I remember that show. That was a weird show." <laughs> awesome. So it, it was it, it made an impression on him as much as it did me and my friends who like drove uh, an hour to go see them in Bloomington Normal. Yeah, that was a good time. That's awesome. Well, Tony and Mike, we appreciate you jumping on this episode with us. Where can the uh, audience find you guys online? Well, first, thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Um, and we both, when we saw both of you guys put our album in your picks for the year, that was super cool. Since it had already been out for over a year, we were glad that you guys were still finding you. Um, oh, you, can find us, <laughs> <laughs> you can find us anywhere on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Asian Man Records. Yeah. I guess we're all over at the abruptors. Yep. Just search the abruptors and not the eruptors. Like I said, <laughs> the, the abruptors. Got it. That name so people could find us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be right in the title of the episode <laughs> that, that, that I've never gotten wrong. Uh, thankfully yet, <laughs> yet though. Okay. So last week's episode, uh, what did you do, Matthew? I forgot to number it. I forgot. So Whoa, like, that's good. I thought I was so happy that you didn't. <laughs> Why? Talk about this after the show? Don't do that. Okay, we are gonna have to talk about that because I actually because <laughs> I actually think it's helpful for some reason. All right. Um, okay, we'll talk about that later. We'll have an argument. Don't worry, mom and dad are fine. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we appreciate you guys coming on the show um, and thank you hanging out with us. And uh, listeners, thanks for listening, and until next week, keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. The On The Upbeat theme music is written and performed by Millington. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at MillingtonTheBand. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at On The Upbeat Ska. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist 
Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support On The Upbeat financially, visit www.ko-fi.com slash On The Upbeat. Thanks for listening and supporting On The Upbeat.